This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A very good evening uh, to everyone, and it's good to uh, be back um, here on the channel doing a live show. And we've got because uh, we've not had any uh, any games for a couple of weeks. Uh, we thought we'd do an on the ball show, which we did uh, a lot of during the transfer window. And I've invited on uh, to have a little bit of general wolves chat with the voice of reason himself, uh, Jack. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not so bad yourself, Dave. Good holiday. Oh, man, I've had such a great holiday. I love going to Morocco and Agadir. The people are so friendly. I love the hotel. Um, facilities are great. It's all inclusive. It's great value. And the weather's been sort of like between 22 and 30 degrees um, every single day that, that we were there. And then I've come back and it's bloody freezing. It is, yeah. Winter's finally here, I think, yeah. Tomorrow, off to uh, sunny Fulham, um, and we got um, it's magic's going. My dad, oh, that'll be great. Yeah, you yeah. know, so he he he, he don't get to many away games. So yeah. if anyone's going to Fulham, you'll get and there you'll get to see magic. We've That's already got nearly a hundred watching live in the chat. Uh, Jack, which is absolutely fantastic. And this will go out, as always, uh, on the Always Wolves podcast as well. Uh, But I do want to say a big thank you to Creation Wolf, uh, again, for powering our live uh, chats. Uh, Local company, powering the most advanced digital solutions. So if you've got a company, they will take your brand and online presence to the next level. Uh, If you're looking and watching us, you can probably see on the screen, there's a couple of QR codes uh, the one on the uh, on that that side, as I'm pointing, that's Foco, and uh, they're doing loads of Black Friday offers. Whether you're a Wolves fan or not, there's yeah, that's the one. Scan the QR code, and you'll go onto that. And then the one the other side, which is that side, is your Nord VPN Black Friday offer as well, which is fantastic as well. So you can I'll put the QR codes to make it easy. The, the links are in the description as well. We've got loads to talk about tonight. Yeah, um, really. I mean, it's been we've got always got lots to talk about with Wolves, but uh, the main things we're going to talk about tonight is uh, getting Jack's view on the season so far, and also on the FFP Everton points deduction. Uh, we will be looking ahead to the January transfer windows in the next four fixtures. But Jack, it would be it wouldn't be right to start the show without saying a few words about another one that we've lost uh, today. Um, Terry Venables, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, first of all, thoughts with obviously his friends and family and everyone that knew him. I mean, you've seen sort of the tributes coming in from from ex players and people that worked with him and, and sort of knew him. Um, I think it's obviously very sad, and I think we always, when we obviously when we lose ex-players, ex-managers, we kind of talk about legacy and impact, and and I, I don't think you can underestimate that tournament, that England team in Euro '96, what a massive impact that had 
on sort of English football. I think 1996 was such an important time for the country, really. We had Britpop and you kind of had the new Labour thing coming in and it was such a, a great time to be English, you know. And I think Terry Venable's England team was kind of epitome of that, wasn't it? You know, And, and we, we were really, really close to winning that tournament. I mean, I know it's ifs, buts and maybes, but I think we'd have won that final against Czech Republic if we'd have got past Germany on penalties, but obviously it wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, Terry Venables, a massive character. We were just saying off air, weren't we? You know, he's probably the biggest character in that dressing room, which when you got the likes of Gascoigne, Adams, Ince, Shearer, uh, Gary Neville was in there, David Seaman, you know, that's some feat to be the biggest kind of guy in there. And I think he was slightly ahead of his time. He was obviously very tactically switched on. Uh, Gary Neville was talking earlier about how in the different games at 96, he played right back, right wing back, right winger, that kind of thing. So I think Venables, you know, sometimes when we talk about managers, we say, oh, you know, Brian Clough's a great example. What a legendary manager, absolutely. But would he fit in with modern football and modern footballers? Maybe not. But I think Terry Venables is probably one that, that maybe would. You know, he's, he'd be able to handle these big characters now and, and these tactical battles with the likes of Guardiola and Klopp. I think he'd have, he'd have really fancied himself with those. So, yeah, I mean, a, a great man, a great manager and, and obviously a sad loss for, for English football. Yeah, at 80 years of age, he'd said that he had a lung uh, illness. He was um, a big character. Everyone, he was a, very much loved. And as you say, the summer of 96, I remember it, you know, really well. All that, um, you know, football coming home for the yeah. first time, the song, you know. Um, beat, was it the Dutch we beat 5-1? Uh, yeah, 4-1, yeah, yeah. Four one and that yeah. was, you know Gascoigne with the Gascoigne uh, against Scotland, yeah. Penalty save and then you know the the, the drinking thing because going into that yeah. tournament there were weren't a lot of expectation and it just built and I think you're right. I think this is typical England though. I think like we'd have got past the semi final in Italia ninety, we'd have probably won. Yeah. If we'd have got past the semi final in in ninety six, we'd have probably won. If Harry Kane scores that second penalty against France in the quarterfinals of the World Cup, I think we go on and get at least get to the final. But yeah. this, it's always ifs and buts and nearly oh, with it. It's yeah. always, we wouldn't it. have it any other way, would we? we no. We, we love it in a way, don't we? Well, we'd yeah. like to win something as a... We, we would. And, and, and I think, just, just incidentally, I think this coming year, I was, obviously next summer, I think is our best chance we'll have in a long, long time. I really well, do. I yes. Really do. Yes. Yeah. You do. So, we have got uh, well, some talented players. Oh, yeah. Also in France, I'd say, you've probably got the, the strongest squads, haven't they, and the, the best players. So, if we can keep the likes of Bellingham and Foden and Saka fit and, and Kane will, will obviously always get your goals and you know, Declan Rice is a, he's a top-level oldie midfielder. So, the, the parts are there, aren't they? And, and, you know, I know Southgate divides opinion, doesn't he? So, We'll kind of see how that goes, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a massive international football, you know, aficionado by any means, but I'd, I'd fancy England in that tournament. Well, just before we get on to uh, talking about Wolves, uh, Ray Bisbee's put a, a, an interesting stat. Venables, he says, is the only player to represent England at every level, from schoolboy to full international and amateur. If that's true, that's. Yeah. Uh, that's quite a uh, quite a statement, isn't it? Yeah. And TJ wants to know if I'm going to be watching Eagles versus Bills later, or having an early night crew to go into London. Well, it's it's not an early start for London tomorrow, so if the producer lets me, I might get to watch a bit of the Eagles uh, Eagles as well. But yeah, absolutely right that we should mention uh, Terry Venables and uh, you know rest in peace. And obviously, our love and thoughts go out to. Uh, Everyone associated with him, and of course his family, uh, and uh, another one uh, that we've another great that we've lost uh, this week. Uh, right then, mate, let's start talking a little bit of wolves. And I'm really interested to and guys, if you've got any questions as we go through, this is one way you can ask the questions. We'll try and do them as you go. If you do do a super chat, which is one way you can purchase, you're guaranteed to get your comment on the screen. Um, Jack, season so far, what's your take? Um, above expectation, if, I, if I'm being brutally honest. I mean, I, I think after the summer we had in terms of players outgoing and obviously the, the managerial situation, you were kind of... Oh, 
Jack seems to have completely disappeared. Um, he's just completely gone. Uh, is it me that's gone, Emma, or is it uh, Jack? It's Jack. Jack's gone black. Um, well, and he's gone completely. <laughs> he's been taken out by someone. Um, and hopefully we'll get Jack back. Yeah, Jack's gone. Hopefully we'll get Jack back very soon. Hold on, he is back. Sorry, someone someone was trying to phone me. And it's, it's, my phone can't handle more than one thing at a time. So it's gone, and it's cancelled itself. But yeah, it's I'm back. Yeah, you're, on the, you're on the telly, Jack. Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, someone, yeah. So there you go. But yeah, no. So uh, yeah, so I think going into the season, I was I was apprehensive. I, I wasn't expecting a great deal, you know. And and again, people within the club and, and around the club, it, it was kind of if as long as we stay in the Premier League this year, I think that's kind of job done, really. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a bit of a buzzword at the minute. But you know, mini leagues. We talk a lot about mini leagues, don't we? Um, and I think we've probably we expected to be in that mini league at the very very bottom with the Burnleys, the Sheffield Uniteds, the Lutons, the Bournemouths, the Evertons. And I think as it stands right now, we're probably thinking we're more in the one above, aren't we? With the, the Fulhams, the Brentfords, the Palaces, those kind of teams in that sort of ninth to thirteenth, fourteenth kind of position. So you'd say from that point of view, we're probably punching above where we all expected to be. Um, we've had a really tough opening fixture-wise, haven't we? And especially at home, we've had you know some really tough games there, and we've, we've picked up a, a, a really decent haul of points. Um, obviously, we've talked about VAR a lot, haven't we? And, and the fact that we could be even better off than we are if, if we'd have had some decisions that probably should have gone our way had been given. Um, so yes, season so far, I think you know things to work on, and we're not by any means the, the finished article. Although having watched the Tottenham game back. Uh, we were a lot better than I realised at the time. I, I thought it was more of a, we just snatched it right late on, you know, and it was a, a tough, tight game. But actually, we were a lot better than than I realised uh, being at the game. So, we are playing well and we're, we're a nice team to watch, I think, generally. So, long may it continue. So, if you were to give, um, we're going to come to some of the, I'll try and run down some of the questions in a bit that have been flying into the, uh, into the chat. But if you were to give um, this Wolves season so far, like, you know, when we're at school, well, you're a teacher yourself, yeah. like an A plus or a, or a, an E or whatever it is, what's, where would you rate Wolves season at the moment? You'd probably be going sort of a, a, a B, a B minus, wouldn't you? You'd be saying there's lots of positives, you know, there's potential there. Um, you know, things to work on, you know, not top level yet, you know, still weaknesses that need to be addressed. Um, but overall, like we say, I think compared to what we, our expectations were going into the season, I think we're we're above where we expected to be, and we're probably further ahead of where we probably thought we would be. So on that basis, I think you'd, you'd say it's been been a positive start. And, and, and like you say, if it continues at the current rate, I think we'd all be be very happy. I mean, I think if you spoke to everyone that's on the chat now, and obviously yourself, Dave, I think we're thirteenth at the minute, are we? Twelfth, thirteenth? I think we're. Um around about 13th yeah and yeah, if we win I mean, tomorrow we can go into the top half of the table and someone said we'd yeah. be four points off seven yeah but i mean i think if we are, i think we are 12th um you'd take that come the end of the season i think if you're being brutally honest with with everything that's gone on and the fact that we haven't spent a lot of money and we've lost a lot of really good players in the summer you know i think 12th is is, is, a, is a good position for us to be come the end of May so to be there as it stands now I think you've got to, got to say we're on track and, and probably slightly above where, where we thought we'd be Well I'll give us a B um, because I think if you take into account the points that we've been robbed I think we're probably even better than that um, I personally um, I think tomorrow when we're going to come on to Fulham but I think Fulham's going to be a very big acid test for Wolves to see where we're at Um how we get a result against Fulham, but let's try and run down some of the questions. If I can just, um, yeah, if I, there's a few questions that have been uh coming on, let's see if we can find someone some of these. Um, when I come to it, I saw loads of questions. Yeah, Cameron, we're going to talk about the January window, but we touch on this. There's been lots of speculation about uh, is that Aaron Ramsdale, is it, from Arsenal, the Arsenal yeah. keeper. There's also been, uh, as reported on the channel, about the Saudis interested in taking Saar for £40 million, which if we get offered £40 million for Saar, it's hard not to take that. Yeah. Um, 
But we were talking before that Ramsdale's going to be at least thirty million. You'd have thought, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd, you'd have thought, and I, and I don't think hand on heart that we're in a position to spend that kind of money on a goalkeeper. I don't, I don't think we're in that position to spend that on any player at the minute financially. So um, I don't see that as a as a as a particularly as a goer, if you like. Um, I think Ramsdale's a good goalkeeper, um, and I think he is probably an upgrade on Saar if that deal did did happen, but. But I think if, if Saar does move on in, in, in January or, or probably next summer, then I think we'll be looking sort of more of a budget budget goalkeeper. Then there are good goalkeepers out there. I mean, the the guy at Tottenham, I think not many people really knew a lot about him when he's come in, but he's probably been one of the best goalkeepers in the league, hasn't he, Vicario? So there are good players out there and sometimes you've kind of got to trust your recruitment team to kind of go and, and to their sort of deep dives, if you like, and find someone rather than just looking at, you know who's not getting a game at the top clubs and and trying to snaffle them if you like. So I, I do like Ramsdale. I think he's a good goalkeeper, but it's not one that I see us particularly pursuing. Um, someone's asking, do we think Adam is likely to play tomorrow? I've heard that he's uh, he's injured again. So he's yeah, someone, I think play. I think their manager said didn't he that he's had a setback and and he's he's not going to play. So um, you know that's he obviously... hasn't really gone very well for Adama, has it since he left Wolves? He's hardly played. It's it's not gone gone well for him, has it? Since he went to Barcelona on loan, really, I, he was sort of in and out of the team last year, wasn't he? he? Had some good moments, but but then sort of fizzled out a little bit. And obviously, I think he, if you'd have asked him at the start of the summer, where do you think you'll end up? He'd have probably not not said Fulham, uh, with the greatest of respect. So um, you know, but I mean, we we know we know what Adama does, don't we? He's, he's that kind of you know, he'll do nothing for for eighty five minutes and then produce a, a run that that gets you. A winning goal or an equaliser or something, and you kind or of you know, produce a run that shoots and he hits the corner flag. Well, which is which is just as likely, wasn't that? Was the frustration <laughs> I think with 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 Adama that that uh, you knew what he was capable of, but he just couldn't quite be be consistent, consistent with it. There was, there was a six month period, wasn't there, just before COVID? I think where he had that great link up with with Rel, didn't he? And and you know, and, and he was. Very much unplayable at times, wasn't he? And there was talk of you know 70 80 million pounds, but never quite happened for him. But he's another player, you know, like like Rel, which we might talk about going look in the Fulham game, you know, nothing but 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 fun memories and and someone that I think you know more than played their part in, in a great period for the club. Absolutely, Ian Darby wants to uh, ask you a question, Jack. He says, Where do you think we'll we finished the season with Neto back in January company coming? Where do you think? Will finish. I mean, like like I sort of mentioned, I think there's no reason we can't finish sort of in that ninth to thirteenth, fourteenth mini league, if you like. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I don't see us necessarily challenging for Europe. I think we've just not quite got the the depth of of, of talent in the squad to to be competing over thirty eight games with the Newcastle's, the Brighton's, the Villas. Um, so, but yeah, sort of ninth down to twelfth, thirteenth. I think we I think we'll be comfortably above that the relegation battle to be honest because i think the quality of those teams down there is, is is significantly worse than what we are so i think we can probably start looking ahead now and thinking well let's just keep putting our bank in those points and then keep that gap and then see where we end up but i think neto is, is obviously a, a, i think ian mentioned there if he can get back fit and score some goals and create some goals then then he'll push us up the table naturally and then Obviously, January is sort of more your, your sort of cosmetics, isn't it? As a transfer window, you just sort of do little bits and pieces in your squad. You don't do any major, major surgery. So I think we'll we might bring in one or two, um, and there might be one or two that sort of move out the door. So um, it'll be interesting and it'll be good to ask that question again, sort of once the January window closes and sort of see because we've got a lot of games between now and then. I'm having with particularly in December that the games come thick and fast. So we could be, you know, come sort of New Year, we could be. Eighth, we could be fifteenth, sixteenth, and it has a very different complexion, doesn't it? So it's still quite early in the season, really. I think we're only like third in, aren't we? So, but like I said, I think we, we can be optimistic given what we've seen on, on the pitch so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, JS ninety six wants our thoughts on Fabio being bombed out in January. Um, saw someone tweet last week; he'll be offloaded. Um, the Fabio thing, really, I think. All Wolves fans really, really wanted it to happen for Fabio, um, Fabio Silva this year, this season. Um, I think your Jack, you'll you'll think the the away support, the home support generally have been really 
singing his name, supporting him, but it just seems to be not happening. And sometimes players just don't work out at a certain club. And, you know, I think to me, as a lot of Wolves fans, we kind of like getting to this point with Fabio Silva where it's like, we, can we just keep waiting year after year after year for this magical player to appear and banging in the goals? And um, obviously they paid £35 million for Fabio Silva, which has been this ball and chain round his leg. And he paid £15 million, that everyone would have a lot more patience with him. But it's a bit of a catch-22, isn't it? Because if they sell him now, are they even going to get £15 million for him? And he's still on a long-term contract. Do you think they'll offload him again in January um, and do you think they'll sell him and cash in on whatever they can get or do you think he'll just be another loan again? Uh, I think it's a difficult one because I think sometimes, like you just sort of referenced there, there gets to a point with a, with a player that, that you kind of go, well, keeping him any longer is detrimental because, you know, he's struggling. I think you can tell that he's struggling. He, he You know, I don't like the phrase trying too hard, but, but it, 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 it's that kind of feeling, isn't it, that He's so keen to make an impact and make an impression and, and sort of, you know, have a, a positive sort of dynamic into the team that, that he's coming on and, and you know, he's, he's quite rash and he's rushing, he's snatching at chances and, and things like that. So uh, I think he proved last year, didn't he, when he was at Anderlecht and then PSV Eindhoven, that away from the, the spotlight of the Premier League and, and the intensity of, of the Premier League, that he, that he can score goals and, he, and he's a good player. He is only 20, so... You know, he's, he's not at a point where you kind of go, we've got to make a, a judgment here, there. You know, so if they did loan him out again in January and brought him back in the summer, next summer, that's fine. But are we not just going into the same position that we are now? And I think also you've kind of got to look at it from the squad's point of view and go, well, actually, if we could get, say, 15 million for Fabio and then bring in a striker that's ready-made, that's ready to go, that Gary O'Neill can use and can, can fit how Gary O'Neill wants to play, and that helps the squad and helps the team, then then is that something that you've kind of got to do almost, you know, cut your losses, if you like, and kind of go, well, thanks, Fabio. It didn't quite work, you know, not your fault, but, you know, it's time to move on. And I think certainly, you know, you speak to sort of the fans around, particularly the away games, that they, they're desperate for Fabio to be a success. And and sometimes it just doesn't happen. And, and like you say, you sort of move on. And, and you know, listen, he, I think he, he'll be a good player. But it's whether or not he'll be a good player for Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League. I think that's the, still the big question mark. And and at this point, we we're not in a financial position to to have question marks. We need players that are, that we know are good enough and are going to contribute right here, right now. And I'm not sure he's he's quite at that level at the minute. Very well uh, put. Again, we're going to come on to the an Everton question in a second, which is a little bit we want to talk about the FFP. Ray Bisbee's uh, raised the question here, uh, which which has been quite topical on social uh, this week. Um, funnily enough, I went to the um, the Wolves Foundation uh, gala dinner, which was absolutely fantastic. I spoke to what the assistant editor of the Express and Star, as was. Um, he was talking very candidly about the Express and Star. But Ray Bismi uh, wants to ask you uh, and ask our thoughts, what do you think about the Express and Star now charging to read premium content? Um, have you got any thoughts on that yourself, Jack? I, I think it, it kind of feels inevitable, doesn't it? I think a lot of sort of news outlets now sort of charge for, for premium content or for sort of early access and that kind of thing. And I think it's such a competitive market now, isn't it? You've got sort of social media and obviously fan channels like this where that news is straight there straight away. So the Express and Style have got to compete with that and they've got to you know, and and I think Liam Keane and Nathan Judah do a, do a really good job of, of reporting the news, and um, I feel for the fans that, that that rely on it, particularly the guys overseas. You know, that, that don't get to games and, and maybe don't get a, a physical copy of the newspapers, and they rely on the online sort of content. Um, so they'll obviously have to have to pay or, or however it is to kind of access it. So they're obviously going to be it in the pocket, which I think at the minute everyone's getting hit in the pocket from sort of all angles, aren't they? You know, but. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, I, I subscribe to to the Athletic, and you know, I enjoy the content on there. So, so I'm happy to to pay. And I think if the Express and Star produce good content, people will be happy to pay. And as long as they price it right, you know, that that's again, well, the that's pricing. The I mean, as you know, I mean, I, I've got an affinity with the Express and Star. I worked there. 
for a very, very number of years in advertising. And when I was selling the advertising over at the Express and Star, I was based at head office. And I had, you know, four or five good years there, you know, where I was the top, one of the top reps uh, for the Express and Star. But they had a circulation then. It was the biggest regional newspaper in the country of over 300,000 papers. When I spoke to someone the other day, the head thing, it's under 13,000. I mean, that's where it's gone. Obviously, the family, the Graham family, which have owned it for many, many, many years, have sold it. So it's now not owned by family. They've got a new ownership. From what I understand, they're going to be moving out of the offices in Queen Street into the Manda Centre. There's a lot of redundancies that have been made. Um, and, you know, they want to charge you know, which is four or five times the amount of that you can you can get the athletic, and um, I think it's really it's it's sad, really, because um, we've all had an affinity with the local paper and the Express and Star, but is the value for money there anymore? That's the question. Like you say, with the athletic, um, it's not just about Wolves; you can get lot so much more, can't you? And of course, yeah. you know, it's one of them things, and. You know, it's all being readily reported anyway, so I'm not really sure where it'll end up. I think it's sad um, for the local paper to come to this because, I say, I was there in the heyday with over 300,000 copies and all of that, you know, doing the advertising, but I'm not sure. It's it's not... I don't really particularly want to comment as such. I guess the... Uh, you know, everyone else will comment, but I'll, I'll, I'll be very surprised to see many people paying um, for for it you know some people probably will but i don't know how it'll how it'll pan out but we'll have to wait and see and and how that one pans out um mate we're gonna we've got a question on the on everton now uh we're gonna come on to everton and ffp and um i'll kick off with this one david boils has uh has your view upon Fosen changed any now with the point reduction for M everton now the one thing that I want to say on this is I've said all along when so many people were piling in on Fosen on what was happening this summer, I've said all along, you know, we don't really understand what's happening behind the scenes in the Premier League. And Wolves hadn't sold many uh, players for quite a time we'd, we'd invested. How the money's been invested is a different question. And obviously, questions have to be asked about Jeff. You know, like we talk about Fabio, 35 million. We talk about Geddes. We probably paid over the odds for Kuna because, um, you know, J-Lo wanted Kuna, but, you know, he's starting to come good. Um, you know, we've had to pay three times the odds to get um, to get J-Lo of £10 million with his staff and some of his staff that never come in. But I said at the time, the proof in the pudding will be what happens with Everton. Now, if Everton get hit with a little slappy fine, then everyone's going to go, oh, well, we didn't need to uh, sell as many as what we did. But if Everton uh, get hit with a point re uh, deduction, as, I, as I've pointed out many, many times, and I did a, I did a, I did a standalone video about the consequences of FFP and what could the, the, the sanctions that could be added. Well, they've got hit with a points deduction. You know, Chelsea and Manchester City are two other clubs that at some point, I think the chickens will come home to roost, especially in the likes of Manchester City. I mean, you know, you look at Juventus got kicked right out of the Italian league. You look at Rangers got kicked out the the Scottish league. You know, there's been a lot of sanctions in the uh, EFL. And, you know, Everton have spent a lot of money. Now, I know that a lot of the Everton fans are like, oh, God, this, that and the other. But the fact of the matter is, they've overspent. So, Fosun would have looked stupid if um, the Premier League hadn't taken a strong line and fight and, and in what they have with Everton. Of course, Everton are going to appeal and we'll wait and see what happens with the appeal. But it was an independent panel. Premier League wanted 12 points. It was given 10. And I want your opinion in a second, um, Jack, on whether you think it's too much or not. But the other thing is, had Fosun not done what they've done, um, 
and kept us within FFP, whether rightly, whether you agree with FFP or not. You know, there's arguments about that, about whether that actually stops other clubs from investing and like what the Chelsea's and Manchester City's have done in the past. But in hindsight, now you can turn around and say that they acted in the best interests of Wolverhampton Wanderers because, you know, we aren't going to be uh, subject to any... Uh, potential penalties and points deductions, but there are going to be other clubs that are potentially signing close to the win next summer um, that are going to probably see that they're going to be having to uh, sell um, to stay within the FFP. Jack, what's your take on the whole situation with with um, with Fosun at this point, where where you as you as you as your mind changed, and what's your uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, the points deduction for Everton? Uh, I think I was kind of similar to yourself. I know we had a chat about it at the start of the summer, didn't we? That, that sort of being frugal, if you like, and, and getting yourself in, in all, getting your house in order, if you like, financially, would only make sense if teams started to get punished that didn't. And so I think the fact that Everton have had a, a points deduction kind of, in some ways, justifies the summer that we had, you know, because from what people are telling me, we are going to be okay this year for FFP-wise. We will pass profit and sustainability rules for this this season and, and there'll be things that we'll need to be careful next year going forward as well but but certainly I think we're in a much more secure position um, so and I think if, if, if clubs are going to sort of live by the rules if you like like we have to an extent then I think teams that don't should be punished because then otherwise there's no point is there because you might as well say well you know yes we're living with our means but what benefit do we get you know and and my only thing, I think FFP itself uh, it probably shouldn't be there because I think it, it's designed to become a closed shop, isn't it, for those sort of top six. I mean, I can imagine Newcastle will be under all sorts of scrutiny at the minute because they're threatening to to break into that top six. I imagine that the, the accountants at the top six will be looking at Aston Villa very, very closely because they're trying to get into that top well, six. Well, and- Chaotic Ranger um, said, I hear Villa could be in FFP trouble next season. They don't start selling. I, I've been told... Um, a few months ago, that the likes of Villa, Forest, all of those next year are going to be sailing very, very close to the win with FFP, and they will be in a, in an identical situation to uh, to what Wolves were this summer. And you probably find next summer that those the clubs, if they start, obviously you know Forest might go down, but you don't know. But they'll probably stay up. Villa having a fantastic season, but they're going to probably be in a position like you stated there, that they're going to be having their own little battles with FFP next summer. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think whether you agree with FFP or not, the fact that it's there means that teams should have to abide by it. Um, my only sort of, again... You know, speaking as a supporter, you know, if 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 it was Wolves that had been deducted ten points, you know, I'd understand why, but I'd feel, well, I've done nothing wrong as a fan, and yet I'm suffering for having ten points taken off me, you know, and my my players have done nothing wrong, you know, and they're having points taken off them, and my but managers done nothing, wrong. nothing wrong because these are players that shouldn't have been bought. I mean, at the end of the day, if you've cheated, if you've if you've bent the rules or you've tried to get round it with your accountant and stuff like that, you know, and you've gained, tried to gain a competitive advantage within the rules, then ultimately you're going to get, you, you ultimately, like if you, if you punch someone in the face playing football on a field, you know, you're going to get a red card, aren't you? You know, if you, you know, do you know what I mean? So it's all within the rules. It, yeah, I, the thing I, with I FFPs mean... and the profits and sustainability, and they're looking at a different model, aren't they? Currently, at the moment, it's all subject. Does it 
keep the big clubs at the top and stop you know the teams that have got more money and investors investing in the team to do what Chelsea did and Manchester City did was basically buy their way to the top and then they've sustained themselves I mean but the rules are the rules you broke if you broke the rules and it's proven you've broken the rules the penalties are there and if they don't impose the penalties um rightly or wrongly and you've got to sympathize with the Everton fans I agree you know you got to. I said this on, you know, when I was away in uh, Morocco, we did that chat with Stan. You sympathise with them, but the people that have run your club, you know, in any industry, if you don't apply to legislation, you get a fine or a penalty, and that's what's happened. And Everton could get another one next year because that's only year one. You know, they could get further penalties. They, what's the crack with the? Um, with their appeal, Jack, if their appeal successful or unsuccessful, do they get? Can they get more penal points deduction, or is it? How does that work? I don't know. I mean, I was reading about it earlier, and I think the sort of the big issue that they've got at the minute is is that the clubs that were relegated last year are now going to try and sue them for compensation, and because obviously they felt that the Everton obviously gained an unfair advantage financially over those clubs. Um, whether that compensation financially, you know, messes them up and they have to, you know, have administration and more points, I don't know. So it's also all a, a real mess. But again, like just going back to what I was saying, again, at the core of it is a fan base that are, are being penalised for something that they have no control over. And, and that's my only sort of thing with FFP. Yes, there are rules and yes, you should abide by the rules if they're put in place. But ultimately... You know, you go back to sort of the, t- the likes of Berry and, and sort of Macclesfield and those teams. You know, those those supporters lost their football club. And chairman, you know, it wasn't wasn't what happened on the pitch, and it wasn't anything that the fans did wrong. It was it was the crooks in in the boardroom, and and it's similar with FFP, isn't it? You know, it's it's these guys that are bending the rules and, and ignoring the rules and ignoring the warnings and that kind of thing, and they're committing these these acts, and it's the fans that are suffering. And I think we've perhaps got to look, you know, and think, well, should we be having sporting penalties for financial misdemeanors, if you like? But then equally, I get what you're saying about financial penalties for a team that are breaking financial rules, but it doesn't do anything. It's like disqualifying someone from driving who's driving without a license. Well, how can you disqualify someone well, this that, is, that this isn't is, even, you know, allowed is, to do it in the first place? This is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's all right giving someone a fine, but when the when the when they've they they've got billions, it doesn't mean anything. No. The only way to really hurt or to stop it is if you can't hit if you can't hit in the pocket, it is points deduction. I mean, Everton, it's one misdemeanor. You're looking at Manchester City, there's a hundred and fifteen yeah. potential charges. I mean, how many points I mean they they literally could get kicked out the entire not just the Premier League, they could get kicked out the Football League and have to start from non-league again. They could have their titles, their trophies taken off them, completely wiped from the from the history. But when this comes through, of course, you know they're going to fight Chelsea. The thing with Manchester City as well, from allegedly they're obstructing, they're not really um, working. Whereas the new owners of Chelsea have actually said. Things have happened, and they've already had a ten million pound fine from UEFA. But Chelsea will probably get something come down to the others. So, like, if you don't, if if you're only going to hit to issue a fine, it doesn't mean anything. If you're a billion, you got billions to spend. No, you like you get like a a hundred million pound fine. They'd probably pay it, you know, Man City, and go, yeah, well, it's been worth it, you know. But like points, getting kicked out of competitions, getting kicked out of the league. I mean, Everton fans are moaning about the 10 points that they've had taken off them, you know, for, you know, which which has been looked at, investigated, and as, you know, it's been decided on what their punishment is going to be. Wolves have had six points taken off us this season for VAR, you know, actually on the pitch. We've had six points from VAR taken off us. You know, and like we're just having to take it on the chin, you know. So you could argue like we've had six points deducted already this season through incompetence, shall we say, J 
Yeah, yeah, no, and, and, and I think what will be interesting, like you were sort of mentioning, is going forward, if other teams are sort of found to have breached profit and sustainability, what their punishment will be. Because almost, I think it's unprecedented, isn't it? So they've almost set a benchmark now at 10 points, haven't they? Where they reach 10 points, I don't know whether it's a, they've decided that it's a nice round figure or whatever it is, or I don't quite know, to be honest. Because, I mean, I looked in, in sort of the Football League earlier and I saw Reading had been deducted eight points in League One and sorry, Wigan and then Reading had had four points took off them and Luton had 30 took off them the other year and, and Rotherham had 17 one year. And it's kind of very arbitrary and not sort of, clear how they decide how much is too much points or not enough points. So if, for example, Aston Villa, for argument's sake, were found to have breached profit and sustainability next year, do they get 10 points or do they get five or do they get 15? So it'll be interesting going forward if other teams do sort of fall foul of the, of the rules, whether it's it's the same punishment, because I think if it is, then and I think we've all got to kind of accept that. But obviously, I think Everton fans are sort of annoyed that it, 10 points is very, very harsh. But because we've got no sort of comparison to make at the minute. We've kind of almost got to wait for another team to fail. Well, they they, they argue that, go. was it Portsmouth that got a nine-point deduction for going into administration? That's yeah. why uh, they uh, said, well, they went into administration. That, and that's obviously, that's different, isn't it? 10 points. So that, yeah, that's yeah. their argument. Obviously, the Everton will, you know, they're going to appeal it. I don't I, I, I don't see what that's going to do, do to them, for them, really. But, like, the other thing that they've got to worry about is the likes of Leeds, you know, Leicester, and I think is, is it Sheffield United or Burnley's the other Burnley, club? Burnley, isn't it? Yeah. Um, are all getting together and want a hundred million pound each for uh, loss of revenue because they've broken mm. the rules, and that's three hundred million to Everton, which will, you know, and they're looking at putting a legal case together to uh, to try and because they've now been proved guilty of breaking the rules to say, well, w- we lost this revenue because. Because they've bent, and it's it opens a big can of worms, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, I think just just I think sort of semi-serious point to make. I think if if ever there was a year to have ten points deducted, it's probably this one because I still think Everton will stay up. To to be quite honest, so um, they, they might you sort of have to take their medicine and 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 sort of that. I think they'll still be all right to be honest. I know that they got well beaten today, didn't they? But um, I think they'll be okay. So it might be that they kind of get away with it from that point of view. Well, you're right because, like, if ever there was a a season to take a ten ten point penalty, it might be this one. But you look at Luton and they're really fighting at home and stuff like that. They've got nine yeah. points. Bournemouth have started picking up points. You know, I mean, Burnley threw away a golden opportunity yesterday. Um, so, I mean, we, we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, Chris seems to think that Chelsea, uh, sorry, Everton could get additional penalties uh, if their appeal's not successful. Not successful. So if he could uh, give us a bit more details on that. Uh, the question I'm asking you guys in the chat right now, do you think um, the 10-point deduction that Everton have received is fair or not? Um, just leave your thoughts uh, on that in the uh, in the chat. Um Jack, let's look ahead uh, to um, to what's coming up, which is the uh, like the January window. First of all, what sort of moves do you think Wolves need to make in the January window? And if you are enjoying this chat, please smash a like. It lets YouTube uh, know. Chris Humphries has just put something on here. The appeal process can dish out less points, or in fact, feel that it's leaning to increase them. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, um, January window. I, I think again, we've we've kind of got a box a bit clever, haven't we? I don't think there's a lot of money to spend. Um, so you know, if if we can get a fee for players that aren't contributing at the minute, the likes of Fabio. I mean, I would have put Sarabia in that bracket until two weekends ago. You know, until he came on it and changed the game against Tottenham. But he's certainly one that that hasn't produced a lot, um, to be honest. So. Um, we might need to bring some funds in to, to do some business. Um, obviously, the goalkeeper situation is interesting. If we do get a big offer for Saar, then, then we may have to do some business there and, and bring a replacement. Um, we've got the African Cup of Nations, I think, haven't we, in January? So I think we'll lose eight Nori for, for maybe a month. I don't think uh, Gabon have qualified, though. So I think Lamina stays, which is. No, Lamina's. They haven't qualified, so Lamina won't. Um, 
you'd think Hugo Bueno can step in and cover Aitnori Nori for a, for a month. The, the one interesting thing we've got really is centre back because we've obviously we've got four options there at the minute, haven't we? Until Kilman, Dawson, Totti, and, and Santi Bueno. But if we're playing three, bueno, yeah. yeah, three at the back at the minute, that only leaves one option, doesn't it? So like tomorrow when Dawson suspended, you kind of got to play all of them. So it'd be interesting whether we can go and get another centre half in to, to add to the squad and just that extra depth because you know the way the yellow cards are being dished out this year, you're going to get a lot of suspensions and the fact that the games are lasting longer, people are picking up more injuries. So whether we could, you know, it might have to be a homegrown sort of English one just because of the squad, the balance of the squad. Um, you've got Mosquera coming back, haven't you, from from a really successful loan in in um, Cincinnati. So he could be one that that potentially drops in as, as the last minute winner the other night. It did, yeah, yeah. It was great for him, you know, and I think that qualified them for the sort of the regional final, didn't it? I'm not hundred percent how sort of American the MLS works, but I think they've got through to the the main sort of air, the finals now. So that's great for them. And he's done really well. I was reading again on the Athletic that he's up for defender of the year in the MLS, which, you know, again is is great for him. So it's he's one that could potentially you know, and, and in that article they mentioned him going out on loan to the championship just so he gets a feel for, for English football and that physicality and, and sort of playing against you know, those championship centre forwards that will stick an elbow in and, and that kind of thing, which will be good for his development. So, be interesting what they do do with him in, in January. He might be someone that actually we say we need him in the squad because we, we've got three at the back and we need those two extra options in case of injury suspension. So, they'll be interesting. I can't see a huge amount of business being done by us or, or in general, actually. I think it'll be um, depending on how clubs at the bottom are doing because that tends to be where the business is done in, in January. It's the clubs that are struggling. So, um, but obviously, Luton don't have huge resources, neither does Sheffield United. Uh, Burnley will probably throw a bit of, bit of money at it. Um, Bournemouth might throw some some around as well. Fulham, perhaps, if they're still sort of 15th, 16th. So, uh, I don't think we'll be doing a massive amount. It might just be, like I said earlier, a bit of cosmetic and just just giving ourselves a couple of extra options for, for the, the running, if you like, until the end, second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think that's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. One. I, 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 I mean, January, we did a lot of business last year, uh, obviously, and we had to. I think and we had this to, yeah. One of the things I did say again in the summer window, if we'd have bought in three of those players in the summer window, a lot of people, a lot less people would have been moaning about what we were doing in the summer. But we had, we spent, a, we, we did a lot of business in January, which isn't always the best month to do business in. I do think uh, that Wolves are targ targeting a centre forward, from what I've been told. Um, and also another wide forward um, that they're aiming to bring in a centre forward and another wide forward in January. And I think central defence is uh, is like what you've said is probably another area where we're looking to uh, to strengthen, especially if we're playing the uh, the three at the back. Um, we've got to um, also have a look um, at the games that are, are coming up, mate. So uh, I'm just going to bang this up on the uh, up on the screen. Um, I'm going to bang up here, which is uh, you know always Wolves um, website, which is free uh, to go on. And we do put lots of great articles. We've got some great writers. Uh, we've got the fixtures on here, which are just coming on. And let's just scroll down to the fixtures. So, mate. We've got Fulham against Wolves, Arsenal against Wolves, then we've got Burnley, and then we've got Forest. Um, the next four fixtures. Let's have a look at those. How many? Let's go to. Let's actually. Let's go to West Ham um, and Wolves as well. So we'll do up to the seventeenth. Five fixtures there, mate. How many yeah. points are we getting? out of those five fixtures. And guys, if you guys in the chat want to join in with that as well and put your score predictions and points tally as well, that's fantastic. So first of all, Fulham versus Wolves, mate. What's your uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I always say, don't I, away from home in the Premier League, you take take a draw. It's definitely a game we, we can win and we can target, obviously, three points. But I think if you offered me a, a draw right now, I wouldn't be too unhappy. So... Uh, yeah, I'd go with a point there. We have got a good record at Fulham in recent times as well. So that no, we have a great record at Fulham. 
Yeah. Um, we haven't lost in six, and Fulham have only beaten us once in the last 14 games. So we're a bit of a bogey side. We do have like our own bogey sides, Brighton, for example. Um, but we do seem to do quite well against Fulham. So you're going for a you're going for a point. I'm going to go for point, three yeah. points on that one. So uh, one one for you, three for me. But I'll be I'll take a point. But let's hope we can get the three. It's a bloody long journey, and it's going to be cold. So it is, yeah, yeah. you know you're better out. Arsenal Wolves, mate. Um, difficult to say. I mean, if you think back to the end of last year, the very last game, we got done five 0 didn't we? It could have been twenty five. We were absolutely dreadful that day. So, I think it'll be nice to go there and feel like we can compete and we can put a performance in and cause them problems, which which I think we will. I think perhaps ultimately they'll be a little bit too strong for us, especially at the Emirates. So, I'd, I'd probably put us down to, to not pick up anything. But, you know, if we did get something, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me because that's kind of what we do, isn't it? So, um, yeah, but put us down for, for, for to not pick up anything next next weekend. So, you've got one point there. I, I think you're probably right with regards to that, but it's just a sort of game we'll go and win. But I'll go with a yeah. nil. And then if we get anything better. So, you've still got one point out of uh, six, three out of six. Burnley at home? I think this will be interesting because mentioning what we said earlier, we've had some horrible home games to start with. All teams that finished in the top seven last year, or top eight rather. So, these two back-to-back games, Burnley and Forest, is the first time we're going to have real expectation at home and, and be expected to dominate the ball and do all the running and create all the chances. So, It'll be interesting. I, I, per, I'd be looking to pr- probably pick up four points from those two games. Ideally six, absolutely, but but four probably minimum. You're looking at you know two points a game. So okay. I look at those okay. those two together and say four points. So that puts you on five points out of twelve. I think we can take six, but I'm going to be conservative yeah. and go four as well for the same reasons um, to give myself a bit of lee room. So I'm seven points out of twelve. You're five points out of twelve. And then we'll go with West Ham against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Again, a draw would be would be fine, wouldn't it? I, th- I, th- I think they're doing well this year. I saw highlights yesterday. I think Burnley would probably feel unfortunate to lose, but West Ham seem to have a habit of just picking up results. I know they've done it in Europe a few times this year, haven't they? They haven't played great, but just done enough to win. So, we're a tough game, and, and you know, certainly it's not. Not an, an easy place to go, is it? Is it West Ham? So again, if you if you offer me a draw now, I'd just kind of go, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that. Thank you very much. So so put me down for a point. Absolutely, mate. Um, so that puts you on um that six, six six points, points out of yeah. fifteen. I think it puts me on eight points out of fifteen. I do think we could potentially get ten points out of fifteen. Um, so go on the website, check that out. And again, if you click this link here, it takes you through to the FOCO page with all the Wolves products that you can uh, go and you can get the link off the website as well there. So there you go. So I've gone with eight, potentially 10, being conservative eight. You've gone with uh, thing. Let's have a look at what everyone's gone down in the chat. Chris, 13. Carl, 13. Peter, 10. 13. There's a lot of confidence here. Miller's only seven. Dave's nine, eight, nine. Nine. So anywhere between seven to thirteen. So if we go ten, we'll all be in the middle, and we'll be really, really happy uh, with that. That's for definite, uh, without any shadow of a doubt. Now another question for you that I want to ask you, Jack. I know you're not. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to go, guys. And by the way, guys, if you do want to ask a question or comment, all you have to do is subscribe. Um, and uh, can someone tell me how many people have liked the video? Because we've got, uh, well, nearly 200 uh, watching. So if everyone's just hit the like button, we should have nearly 200 likes. So I'm hoping we've got over 100. That lets YouTube know you like it. Raul Jimenez, Fulham tomorrow. Should the Wolves fans at any point in that game sing C Senor? Um, it depends how the game's going, doesn't it? I mean, I, I think the, the ideal time to do it would be at full time after we've won and he comes over, you know, to applaud and, and they do it. Then that would be ideal, wouldn't that be the dream? Um, I'm I'm not a massive fan of sort of singing songs for opposition players, ex-players. Yeah, OK, you know, but um, again, like Adama, 
a fantastic player for us, a great servant, part of, you know, the best team that we've had in a long, long time. And, you know, what he went through with his injury was, was horrific and, and the courage and the, sort of the character he showed to come back should be admired by everyone. So, um, however the Wolves fans choose to, to um, recognise him tomorrow, I think it'll be the right way. So, you know, I trust our, our fan base to, to do the right thing. Very well said. I'll give you my thoughts on this. Uh, guys, we're going into the last section to the, uh, segment of the show. We've got about uh, seven minutes less left. So if, uh, this is the time now. If you want any specific questions asked, whatever they are, could be what Jack's had for tea. We'd, it could be anything, you know, um, ask them. My thoughts on this, and I talked to uh, the producer about this earlier, um, absolutely not during the game. That's, you know, because at the end of the day, you could be friends with someone and you go into battle. Yeah, you're going to war, aren't you? So. You're going to battle to win yeah. the game. After we've won 3 1 uh, at the end of the game or something like that, Raul Jimenez was a good, ser big servant for Wolves. He know We know he's got a big heart for Wolves and he loves Wolves. And I think it would be a nice touch at that point, at the end of the game, when we've got the three points in the bag hopefully and he hasn't scored or whatever and we you know if there was a if there was a C senior then you know that would show respect to Raul and to show that you know he was appreciated at Wolves because he didn't get the send off that he wanted to but not during the game uh and I like you I will be there and I will trust the uh, the, the traveling fans to uh as a, as a, as 3000 of us that will be there to decide whether that it's right or not at what time. If we've lost the game, I don't can't imagine us any scored our trick. I can't imagine sinking season your. If we've won the game, it would be quite a nice, magnificent touch at the end. Um, but um, certainly not during the game. So I'm kind of like had the same sort of thought process uh, of you. Julie's uh, agreeing with that as well. Carl said after the game um as well so i think most people would go with that after the game do we have any uh like dino said after the final whistle as well so it's yeah, kind absolutely of, yeah. yeah 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 so uh and there's a few that have said after the game and uh, how many people are saying no clap robbie came on scoring against us we will always do well um <laughs> sooty of course F's sake, he's not our player. Jota isn't our player. Never is in our player. Let it go. Worship the badge. The club's gone soft. It's not getting soft, Keith. I agree with a lot of uh, a lot of what you say. I don't think it's been soft at the end of the game. If you want to um, show Raúl a little bit of love, you know, he's uh, for what he's been through and what he's given the club. I'm not saying during the match. I'm saying if it's sang after the game and we've won. The game's finished. The battle is over. Done. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be interesting as well because if people have not been to Fulham, the, the tunnel's in the far corner, so the players have to walk past the, the away end sometimes to get there. So at full time, whether Rail's still playing or whether he's been subbed off or subbed on or something, he'll have to walk past the Wolves fans at some point. So it'll be interesting whether he actually comes over and initiates the sort of the applause. Or oh, I think of... he probably would, you know. At, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, I don't think he wanted to leave. He, at the end, the decision probably was rightly made for him. I think he scored one Fulham goal uh, since he's been there. I think he would have stayed. I think, he, you know, he, you know we, we, we know that he's had a big affinity and he's probably had the best spell of his career at, at Wolves. So we'll wait and see whether what the right and the wrong answer is. Um, but definitely not during the game for me. Um, no, and at the, the end game. of the match, it'll if it happens, it'll be spontaneous. It will happen. That, that, will, that's the thing, isn't it? I don't, I, I don't think you can kind of plan it, can you? It's almost like, like I say, if he comes over and claps and the fans start singing then great, that's a lovely moment, isn't it? But like I say, if we've lost, then then people will be leaving anyway, won't they? So, you know, it exactly. probably won't happen anyway. So uh, it's probably not something to, to kind of think too deeply about, is it? If it happens, no, it happens, I'm only bringing it up because yeah. there's been talk on social media and I thought it was a bit of a talking point. Um, yeah, I understand. On yeah. It. And I've yeah. talked about it with Emma. In fact, Emma said exactly, Emma said the same thing. He says, that if, we, if we beat him at the end of the game and he's walking past and the, the away fans sing at that point, don't think anyone's going to 
be thing, but they ain't going to be singing his name during the game because no, I thought so. The battle is on. The battle is on. So um, we've got like a couple of minutes left. Is there any other quick questions, quick fire questions uh, for me and Jack before we uh, finish? We're just coming up to the hour mark. I really appreciate uh, you guys joining us on on the ball tonight. And don't forget, you know, scan. If you want a really good deal on NordVPN, which I guarantee, which is the best VPN you can possibly get. I mean, the, the value for money. You can use it on multiple devices. You know, you get an extra four months over the two years. It's massively discounted. We've got a great offer on. The link's in the description, the QR code. And as I say, FOCO have loads of Wolves products on offer at the moment, so it's worth getting uh, looking at that. Um, so, yeah, after he retires, just like Raul, I think we're done, mate. I don't think there is any other questions uh, that we can. We're literally coming up to uh, – we've got about one minute left. Jack, um, final words from you to the to everyone that's watching. Um, now we come out of the international break. Yeah, like I said, I think once you get that November international break out of the way, it's full steam ahead till New Year, isn't it? Until the FA Cup third round. So you kind of got football, 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 which is great for us. And, you know, I think we've got a very young team, a very young manager. There's going to be ups and downs throughout the season. There's going to be ups and downs in this sort of festive period, if you like. So, Stick with the team. There's real positive signs. There's a lot to be proud of and a lot to like and admire about our team at the minute. So if the results don't go the way we want them to, that's football, isn't it? So stick with them and support them and give them the encouragement that they need and that they're probably earning at the minute. So um, fingers crossed for three points tomorrow. And then that, obviously that takes a lot of pressure off the Arsenal game then, doesn't it? So you kind of almost block them together, don't you? And go, well, if we win one of those games, then, then, that, then that's great, you know, so... Well, 15 points, mate, we're on. And yeah. if we do pick up the win tomorrow, we are on 18 points, four points behind seventh uh, in the top 10. But it's a big if and a button. And I, I think, what, like what I said, um, I think tomorrow night's an acid test for where we really are because it's Monday night. It's going to be cold. We're going to Fulham's home. You know, they're obviously on the TV. There'll be a lot of people watching it. There's still going to be loads of us down. I mean, I'm looking forward to going tomorrow. I'm going to be at the at the cottage. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, by the way, if you haven't already, and hit the bell because we will be doing a, a live reaction after the game with our thoughts on it. And, I'll, of course, I will be doing a match vlog that will go up on Tuesday evening to give you a taste of the atmosphere from within the ground and all of that. But I think... If we get a win tomorrow, I think we're the real deal. You know, I think we really can um, push on to the top half. That's why I say it's a bit of an acid test um, for where we really are. Because this is the sort of game, if you're going to be pushing top half and even pushing for top seven, you know, which is within the realms of possibility if you're taking the points, this is the sort of game you've got to go and win. We went to Palace. We didn't do it. We didn't do it against Luton, even though we should have done. We didn't go away and beat um, beat Sheffield United. We did the business against Bournemouth. Yes, we did. Um, but Fulham is one of them games where it's a tight old ground, a lovely old ground. And I think if we can go and win there tomorrow, I think we're going to have a really good season. I think that's why I think it's going to be a big barometer for where we are. Obviously, Dawson's out, which is going to be a big miss. Yeah. Santiano Bueno is likely to come in from what uh, Gary O'Neill said. We're still missing Neto, but we'll see. Do you yeah. agree with that, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Fulham are missing Paulinho as well, aren't they, in the midfield? Who's, oh, who's that's big, good. Is he, big, is he out? Yeah. He's suspended, I think, yeah. So, oh, that's um, good, good for us. He'll be, gone. Yeah. He'll be definitely gone in January. He'll be he, leaving. He's, he's a phenomenal player, isn't he? He's, he's really, we could have really had good. him as well. Yeah, I think I think he was one of those when it last summer. I think if Neves had gone last summer, I think he was the one that would have would have come in. But but obviously things worked out how they did. So you know they never look back. But um, yeah, now I think it's almost like a signpost tomorrow, isn't it? You know we could be sitting sort of Tuesday morning, sort of thinking very smug and oh top half of the table, or we could be sort of looking and going oh, we're not that far away from that bottom six. We've just got to be a little bit careful. So yeah. you know it's one of those like you say it's a bit of a, a crossroad moment, isn't it? And and the season kind of is dictated by these kind of games and if you can kind of pick up wins in these kind of games then then it makes a massive difference you know we, 
the Premier League is such a, a competitive league. If you can put back-to-back wins together, like because we've won the last game against Tottenham, it's huge, isn't it? Those six points in two games can propel you up, can't they? So um, it'd be great to win. I mean, like I said, I've, I've pinned us down for a draw. I think it's, it's, a, it's a tough game. Fulham are, are not hitting the heights they did last year, but they're still a very good good team, particularly at, at, you know at home. So um, you know, a bit, bit like I say, a tough game and, and one that where if we do win, then it, it shows we've got a lot of character and we've got a lot of reason to be to be optimistic. So you know, you cross Reasons your fingers. To and, be you know, fearful, part one, two, three. Yeah. Who sings that song? Uh, it's Ian during the blockheads, is it? Boom! Yes. Drops the mic and what a way to finish. Absolutely. Mate, I was impressed. Ian Jury and the Blockheads, that was really yeah. good. Reasons to be cheerful. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining me and Jack tonight. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for joining in in the, uh, the channel. Something a little bit different. We brought on the ball back. Uh, don't forget to check out the office from NordVPN and Foco. Thanks for Creation Wolf for powering the show. Thanks for joining you. If you're going to be at Fulham tomorrow, Magic at Sensation and Joyful Gene, along with the producer, are all going to be there tomorrow. So come and say hello uh, to us and hope to see some of you there. The rest of you, I'm sure, will be watching it on the box. So look out for us. If you get any uh, images of us on there, send them across and all that. Uh, Jack, I know you wish you would be there, but you're a teacher. You can't really... Uh, it's, yeah. it's an hard one for you. And it's a lot of fans can't get there tomorrow night or get, yeah. of work the next day and everything getting out from work. But uh, we'll do our best to shout and cheer the lads on and Absolutely. let's hope we bring back the three points. Come on. Let's go. Always Wolves. God Always bless Wolves. you all. Nice one. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.